Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Wednesday, January 12th, 2022. Stand up for your country. I'm going to get into this uh, conspiracy stuff at the Capitol riot tonight. Uh, Found out some very interesting information. I think you come to me for facts, the truth. And um, so I hope you hang tough because that is coming up. First, uh, we take a look at uh, President Biden's schedule today. Nothing except a funeral appearance for um, General Raymond Odierno. He's a commander of the Iraq War, four-star general, patriot. When I was over there in 2016, I'm sorry, 2006, 2006, right in the middle of the Iraq War, uh, the general and I did an interview, and I met him and had dinner with him, and uh, what a patriot. Really a, a good guy. And so the funeral is at Fort Myer in Virginia. And um, President Biden will be giving the eulogy as the commander in chief. Um, as far as politics is concerned, it's all bad news for Joe Biden. This may be today, all right, January 12th, 2022, the lowest point of the Biden administration. And that's pretty damning statement. So let's run it down unemotionally. First of all, is a poll out, Rasmussen, and it asks a very simple question. Uh, the next presidential election, if it were held today, would you vote for Biden or Donald Trump? Hypothetical race, okay? Trump 46, Biden 40. Another candidate 10, not sure two, wouldn't vote two. So, uh, you know, Donald Trump's still a very controversial guy. But Rasmussen, pretty accurate. Beats him bad, 46-40. Inflation, which is, you know, a real key to uh, Joe Biden's future, is up again, 39-year high, okay? 7%. It's risen in the last 12 months, ending in December. So that means that this time last year, you were paying 7% less for everything you need. And sometimes you're paying more now because that's an average. So um, the food index, and we all know that. You go to the grocery store, you go to restaurants, food's more expensive. But used cars and trucks, um, way up. I talked to a car dealer today. He said, crazy, up 30%. So if you need transportation, you're going to pay a lot more. And pretty much across the board, you're seeing price increase. Two reasons. One is COVID because there aren't many workers and they can't get the stuff out, the meat process, that kind of thing, and then fuel. So if you live in New York, where I am right now, the Northeast, or in the other cold climate parts of the USA, you're paying a lot more for heating oil and for gasoline. And that's on Biden, directly on him. All right, regulations on the fossil fuel industry, shutting down the pipelines, having to import oil now where we didn't under President Trump. All of that's on him. And that spirals. All right, so prices get higher. Products get scarcer. Prices get higher. All right, so that's going to really, really hurt him. Now, the Fed says, well, we're going to raise interest rates a little bit. That might mitigate it, maybe. But expect at least six more months of rising inflation, at least, and that backs you right into the 2022 midterm election. 
Now, American families are falling deeper in debt. Of course they would. Of course they would. The average American family, ready, owes $155,000. Whoa. Now, that includes mortgage and uh, credit card debt is the biggest. Credit card debt is crazy. Uh, Median income fell 3% in the last two years. And the cost of living, as I said, rose 7%. So you can see how people are getting squeezed. People who owe money, big credit card debt, you're paying 18%, 15%. I never in my life ran a credit card debt, ever. And I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I just wouldn't do it. Would not do it. Wouldn't buy, whatever it is. Now, I know some of you have to. You have families. You have to run that credit card. I understand. But you're paying exorbitant interest rates. Uh, and that's what happens. Now, in the COVID arena, and again, that is hurting the economy as it did. You know, if President Trump didn't run into COVID, he would have won. Because the economy was humming so well that if not for COVID grounding everything to a halt, Trump would have won. Um, anyway, 1.4 new COVID cases reported on Monday, January 10th. It's just inconceivable. There is a little brightness. Those cases are not as bad as the first COVID and the second Delta. They're not as bad, but I know tons of people have COVID. I check in with them. My radio producer has COVID. Okay, and I ask him, you know, what is it? What's it doing? This and that. It's COVID, but it's not as bad. So they're back within a few days, whereas you were down 10 days with the other. Um, but the problem is that Joe Biden can't answer any questions about COVID. <laughs> and that gets people like me, and I think you too, pretty angry. So you can't tell me whether the vax prevents Omicron? You can't tell me that? You can't tell me what the uh, wane time frame is after I get vaxxed and how long it's going to wear off? You can't tell me that? Can't tell me about masks. Do they help? Do they not help? You can't tell me that? After two years? That hurts him. He is befuddled. And now we have shortages. So you ready? Here's the shortages. Um, groceries typically have 10% of their items out of stock right now. So the grocery store has 10% fewer things than they had five months ago. All right, baby formula, cream cheese, aluminum, cat and dog food, chicken tenders, Lunchables, toilet paper, booze, alcohol. All shortage of supply. Okay, people aren't going to like that. Biden can't get anything done. Couldn't get Build Back Better done. And now he's not going to get the do away with the filibuster so we can pass this crazy voting law thing. Manchin says no. Told CBS News last night, not going to vote to do away with the filibuster. That's it. Biden can't get anything done. So now add all that up that I just told you in the last seven minutes. It's a disaster. <laughs> you know, I knew it was going to happen when President Biden, who opened the borders and millions of people came over illegally, put Kamala Harris in charge of the border, and Kamala didn't even go down there. 
I said, that's it. I know what's happening now. No discipline, no uh, planning, no solutions. That's just it. And once that happened, I knew Biden's going to have big trouble. And big trouble, <laughs> that's the description. Okay, so Joe, you know, can I tell you, if you call me up, I'll give you some solutions, but right now, dire. So let's go to the Republicans. Now, I'm on Hannity today, as I am every Wednesday on a radio program. And uh, we're talking about the riot, the Capitol riot on the 6th of January, 2021. Both Hannity and I condemned the riot the day it happened. Okay? Because you can't have anarchy like that. There's no justification for it. But now we know a lot more. We know that President Trump suggested 10 to 20,000 guard be put in front of the Capitol a day before on January 5th. And we know that Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, who had to make the formal request by law, did not. So that's what Hannity and I talk about today. Now, I asked Hannity, I said, I think Pelosi wanted the riot to happen. And I do. Because she wanted to take Trump off the board she knew if there was violence at the Capitol, you could blame Trump for it. And it's exactly what happened. Because there's no other logical reason on earth why Nancy Pelosi wouldn't say, yeah, I'd like to guard and protect the Capitol. None. So I asked Hannity if he concurred with my opinion. I'm not going to tell you what he said, because I want you to go to BillOReilly.com and listen to it. It's pretty good. It's pretty good, I have to say. So anyway, uh, because I'm getting so much mail and, and a lot of it's very passionate from Republicans and conservatives who believe that the Capitol riot was a setup job, I I'm doing my due diligence. Again, you come to me for facts. So the big name here is a guy named Ray Epps. He's on video. All right. He was captured on video encouraging the riot at the Capitol. Roll the tape. All right, so Mr. Epps is a former Marine from Arizona, okay, and he was on the list the Justice Department put out of people that they wanted to talk about about the riot. But he never got charged, and therefore some believe that he is an FBI informant or works for some government agency and was a plant planted there to incite the riot. You've heard it. You heard it on cable. You heard it on talk radio. You've heard it. Okay, so here are the facts about Epps. Number one, he was called to testify in front of the House panel looking into the January 6th riot. I'd like a transcript of that, please. And I think that needs to be put out. What Epps said to the panel under oath. We don't know. But he did apparently testify, <clears throat> excuse me, in front of that panel. Number two, my law enforcement sources at the federal level tell me he never entered the Capitol. So Epps didn't go in. And that's why he didn't get charged. Okay. Be that as it may, I'm giving you what I found out. So yesterday, um, the Senate 
held hearings about January 6th as well. All right. It was a hearing on domestic terrorism. And in that hearing, a woman named Jill Sanborn, executive assistant director of national security for the FBI, testified. And Senator Cruz from Texas grilled her. Roll the tape. I want to turn to the FBI. How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th? Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. Uh, Did any FBI agents or confidential informants actively participate in the events of January 6th? Yes or no? Sir, I can't, I can't answer that. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? I can't answer that, sir. Did any FBI agents or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Sir, I can't answer that. Ms. Sanborn, a lot of Americans are concerned that the federal government deliberately encouraged illegal and violent conduct on January 6th. My question to you, and this is, a, this is not an ordinary law enforcement question, this is a question of a public accountability. Did federal agents or those in service of federal agent actively encourage violent and criminal conduct on January 6th? Not to my knowledge, sir. Okay, so about the investigation, uh, Ms. Sanford cannot answer those questions. She looks terrible there. She looks bad, but she can't answer it. If she did, she'd get fired. Uh, you've heard that a million times. Active investigation, we can't talk about it. A million times. But Cruz made her look bad. There's no doubt. It. But she did answer, not to my knowledge. And she <laughs> would have knowledge of that. But what should happen now is Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI, should be called in and say, what's the status of the investigation? Are you looking at any federal agents? You don't have to tell us specifically, but are you looking at anybody in government who might be involved in this? He'll say, I know he'll say, I can't comment. But that's where we are. So this conspiracy theory that some members of the federal government were involved in the riot on January 6th, this is alive and well. I don't believe it, as I told you yesterday. I do not believe it. But I have an open mind. I'm certainly watching very closely and gathering information. But it doesn't make any sense that the FBI would jeopardize everybody inside that bureau by launching a false flag operation or whatever you want to call it. Okay? And again, an FBI informer doesn't act like Mr. Epps. Mr. Epps is getting off on being a center of attention. That's not what undercover people do. Just so you know. Okay, let's go to Afghanistan now. So the Biden administration has um, sent to Afghanistan, a Taliban, about $780 million. Did you know that? I did not know that in aid since October. They've done it because far left people are screaming, you have to help the Afghan people. Roll the tape. 
Millions of Afghans are in imminent danger of starvation. There is something that we can do to help. The Biden administration can change its current cruel, indefensible, and horrific posture tomorrow if they want to. Release the money and get aid flowing. Americans need to make their voices heard in the same way they demanded evacuations for our allies during the war when all the media was covering it and all the eyes of the world were focused on it. It is an indefensible moral scandal to consign tens of millions of people to freeze and starve to death this winter. Mr. President, you cannot let this happen. Oh, yeah, it's the usual virtue signaling. I'm sure that guy feels very good about himself. Yeah, yeah, let's send over. Uh, We're already in for 780. He wants more. Now, the Afghan people are suffering. As everybody knew they would, they knew they would when they did not fight for their freedom. Remember that. They did not fight. And this is how ridiculous that guy's point of view is. You think you send all this money to the Taliban, they're going to give it to the people? You think they're going to help their own people? They're not. One word, Haiti. You can send as much money over there as you want. It's not going to get to the folks. I mean, it's just insane. We don't owe them anything. We gave them 20 years of American blood and treasure. Okay, you remember uh, Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller, right? Um, Big controversy when uh, the Biden administration totally booted the evacuation from Afghanistan. Uh, Mr. Scheller, uh, he was then a Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, went on record on the internet of saying that this was terrible and that the military was botching it entirely along with the commander in chief. Okay. So he was on active duty when he said that and it got worse and worse and worse and worse. And he was arrested because you can't, when you're on active duty, undermine the military. Here's what I said. Go. She was a stand up guy. I think we all sympathize with him. He was correct. He said to uh, the Marine Corps that the Pentagon booted um, Afghanistan, and it did. He was right. He was honest. But you can't do that when you're an active duty officer. And uh, Lieutenant Colonel Schiller pled guilty and left the military. I think he got a general discharge, but we'll find out because he joins us now from Washington, D.C. So I'm going to call you Colonel because I think you've earned that. Uh, And... You know, you, you forfeited, what, $2 million in retirement funds by pleading guilty and uh, being a stand-up guy. You, you knew what you did. You knew it was against regulations, but you did it anyway. And now you are continuing to raise serious questions about the U.S. military. What is your primary beef? Bill, thanks for having me on. You know, as a military member who has served in Iraq and Afghanistan, has the experiences that I have, the education that I have. Right now, I see us winning every single tactical battle, but losing at the operational level of war, which is the four-star combatant commander level up through the National Security Council and the executive level where the strategy for American war is uh, distributed. So my beef right now, which is what you asked, is that the four-star General McKenzie, who was the CENTCOM combatant commander, in my opinion, when he advised the president on how to conduct the withdrawal, 
he should have advised better. So when he gave what he thought was a plan, there was, I know the operational planners that said we should hold on to Bagram Air Base. The president ultimately denied a lot of those plans because he wanted to have all the troops out by September 11th for a, a PR stunt. And so in my opinion, the four-star general has a responsibility to convince the president why the plan that he submitted was the best plan. He failed to do that. Then once the president imposed the restraints that were gonna be on the plan, the general had an option to resign and say, this plan can't be executed without unnecessary risk to the force. And he didn't do that. So in my opinion, at that point, he becomes responsible. He doesn't get to go back like he did in his congressional testimony and say, no, I told the president 2,500 troops, so I'm not at fault here. In my opinion, he is solely responsible. And General McKenzie, who's trying to exit in this spring, should be held accountable for the way the withdrawal unfolded. I mean, by his own admission, we left hundreds of Americans. It turns out it was thousands. We left hundreds of millions of dollars of equipment. He relied on the Taliban for perimeter security, which no surprise, we had a suicide vest attack that got through there. We got into gunfights with the people that were holding our security. And then in response to that preventable attack, he conducted a drone strike against civilians and children and people carrying water in a humanitarian aid fashion. I mean, just there's no better historical example of a failed military plan than as it played out in Afghanistan. And if we want to prevent these types of things from happening again in the future, we have to start having these conversations and holding these general officers accountable. But I think that they've been held accountable in a court of public opinion. Nobody thinks that Biden did a good job or the Pentagon did a good job in getting U.S. troops out of there. No rational person thinks that. So when you say hold him accountable, you want to charge McKenzie? What do you want to do? I did want to charge General McKenzie. In the military, you have the right to prefer legal charges. So I tried to prefer legal charges against him. I knew that the officer with the general court martial authority, General Alford, would not have the courage to refer those charges. But right. Yeah. But what I was trying to get him to do was publicly declare that he wouldn't do it. And then it would illustrate the hypocrisy of him holding me accountable, vice not having the courage to hold him accountable. But ultimately, they just denied my legal right to do that. And so I wasn't able to prefer charges. But I think you're right, Bill. Most Americans that look at this situation can clearly see that the plan was flawed. We made very bad assumptions. I mean, General McKenzie himself said that he made bad assumptions. Yeah, I mean, look, nobody is thinking that that was a plus for the USA. But let's advance now the story. Do you believe that the current makeup of the Joint Chiefs of Staff who are the top military advisors to President Biden. I don't think many people have any confidence in President Biden, okay? If he ran tomorrow, the poll that we have said he would lose to Trump and probably any other Republican. Nobody has any confidence to him. But the Pentagon, people don't know about these guys in there. Are they corrupt? Are the, are the Joint Chiefs corrupt? Is, is it something that Americans should be very concerned about now? You know, there's a lot of just sound bites of woke generals and corruption. I don't think, I think that misdiagnosis is the problem. I think what happens is these general officers become very savvy on how to navigate their career. Yep. And in doing that from one star to four star level of navigating your career, you try to emulate the qualities of the politicians of the time. And in doing so, you can lose perspective on what's best for the but service. But that's always I'm been in. the way it is from McClellan and the Civil War on. You're a student of history. You know it's always been the way. It, the only guy that I know out 
that broke out of that was Patton. And he got cashiered uh, for a while in World War II until they had to bring him back. What about your personal situation? Did you get a general discharge or a dishonorable discharge? I got, so the step down from honorable is general under honorable conditions. And so that's what I got, general under honorable. Okay, so you didn't get dishonorable. That's good, that's something. And how has your life been? Have you been able to work? I mean, you forfeited your pension, which, you know, was an act of patriotism, I believe, because you're standing up for what you believe. But how is your life? You doing okay? I'm going to come back to that because I I still want to go back and address. You said that it's always been that way of generals navigating it. I think what you're missing is the current national security establishment that was created after World War II with the National Security Act of 44, 47, and then the Goldwaters-Nichols Act. We have a new system that we created that has centralized power since then. And so since World War II, or two in this new system, we have had problems that we have not addressed. And so I do think it's unique. And so I think Vietnam was a catastrophe. Westmoreland was a catastrophe. So if you go into the military and you know this better than anybody on earth, you know what the bureaucracy is there. You know what it is. And unfortunately, we have the finest military in the world. I believe that. I think you believe it. We're talking about rank and file. We're talking about committed warriors. I don't think there's anybody that comes close to us and our technology and all this. And I know that to be true because I just finished a book called Killing the Killers, a war on secret war on terrorism. And it's amazing what our military is doing. But the brass has always been the brass. And anyway, I I know what you're saying, though, that it needs to be reformed. And I, I agree with you there. But let's talk about you. You doing all right? Yeah. I mean, I got out on Christmas Eve. I've been on a gag order for four months. So now I have the opportunity to come and and talk to people like yourself and engage the conversation. And, you know, I still plan, people are looking at the scoreboard now. I still plan to fully hold people accountable through putting leaders in politics. And I I would like to put leaders that have the courage to do things that our government needs in in order to hold the most accountable to have the reforms. That's that a noble thing. You said four months. It was four week gag order. So that that's why you can talk to it. I don't want you going back to the brig. Um, what you if I, with all due respect, can offer a suggestion is that you ought to um, partner up with other former military who believe the way you do and then form a website, you know, where you guys are available to go and talk to the media on any military matter, but that people can interact with you um, because now everybody can do that. I have my own news agency, Colonel. You know, I left the corporate media and, and boy, I never looked back. And I have my own news agency now that I reach all over the world. You can do it on the military level. Does that sound like something you might do? That's something I've already done, Bill. So I have 20 congressional candidates, five Senate candidates, at votesforvets.org. So I found leaders that are running in this 22 election cycle that I have pulled together in a coalition that, just like you said, it brings like-minded people and starts to influence the change that we want. So I bring political action committees, different media outlets and organizations to help these candidates. And that's how I plan to influence the 22 election cycle. Excellent. Now, slowly though, Colonel, because you just went through that website really fast, where can people go and interact with you? So my personal website is AuthenticAmericans.com. 
And you can find all my social media and different platforms through that website. You can support me through that. Okay. The coalition of candidates that I have put together is votesforvets.org. And that's the number four. So votesforvets.org. And the first one is authentic what? Authenticamericans.com. Okay. So votesforvets.org and authenticamericans.com. All right, Colonel, right. thank you very much. And uh, anytime you have a beef or anything you're interested in, let us know, okay? Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Bill. Okay. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes? and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part, this spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get a extra 15% off by using promo code Bill at checkout. So please go to fastgrowingtrees.com, use promo code Bill at checkout. All right, um, now you know that more than 2 million illegal aliens across the border and there's no reason for it and it's still going on. I mean, the numbers are unbelievable. So far in fiscal year 2022, 325,000 migrants. <laughs> it's staggering, okay? In November 2021, 168,000 whole month. So you can see that surge continues down there. Corporate media won't report it. <clears throat> Just won't do it. So you don't know. But anyway, um, many of these people want asylum and they are allowed to live in the United States until their case comes up. So now Homeland Security data says that 50 percent of those who apply for asylum aren't showing up for the hearing. What a shock. This is on Biden again. I don't know. I, I can't see how this guy, you know, I gave you the 46 Trump, 40 Biden even though Donald Trump's so controversial and there's so many people who don't like him, I think Trump would beat him by 10 points at this point in history. Chicago, boy. So murderers, people charged with murder and aggravated gun possession and attempted murder are now being allowed to be at home. It's incredible. Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart says 2,600 murder-related defendants are under home confinement because they don't want to put them in jail. They got monitors, all of that. Okay. Now, here's an interesting thing. So I am, and I'm bragging now, I'm sorry that I'm bragging, but I am the most successful nonfiction book series author of all time. 
because of the killing series. All right. So I've sold 18 million books. I mean, I can't even keep track of them. All right. Now there's a Gallup poll out that says Americans are reading fewer books than they did in the past. So last year, Americans read an average of 13 books. I, that seems high to me, but that's what Gallup says. Now, I don't, I think people are kind of telling them they're reading books when they're not really reading books, but I don't know. That's down from 16 in 2016. So down three books in five years. It's more than that. And it's because of this. And I know because personally, I've got 10 books by my bedstand that I have to read at least all a part of. But every night when I'm tired, I go in for summations on this and I don't read as much as I should. And that's totally different than it used to be. So I'm tied up with the short stuff on the Internet. But I thought you'd find that stat interesting. This day in history, January 12, 1971, one of the biggest programs in history debuted. Roll the tape. Mr. Bunker? My daughter Gloria standing over oh, there. Hello, Gloria. How are you? And her husband Mike. Hello, Mike. No! <laughs> this here is. Uh, this is only Lionel. He lives next door. My daughter's married to the white guy over here. Brilliant. Brilliant show, and it debuted, um, what did I say, 51 years ago, today. Brilliant show. Broke all the barriers. All right, we got a mail segment and a how do you deal with lunatic final thought. How do you deal with lunatics? I want to know. Okay, coming right back. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 
877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. All right, let's get some mail on the board here. David, concierge member. Bill, while I'm sure most of us are confident the Republicans will regain control of the House, you really mentioned the Senate. I'm concerned about the Senate. I would like your take on it. I don't know. But it seems to me Democrats are going to get pounded. You know? So I think that Herschel Walker will win in Georgia. I think that will happen. But I don't know the rest. But I think... If I had to bet, I would say the Republicans would control the Senate as well as the House after the election in November. Tanya, concierge member. Thank you, Tanya. Isn't it interesting that liberals love the vaccine and conservatives hate it, even though it was developed under President Trump? The Trump factor seems to be completely gone from the vaccine conversation. Well, not completely, because as you know, when uh, the former president was on tour with me and he said he was vaccine boosted, that caused a lot of uh, consternation. Generally speaking, conservative people don't want to be told what to do by the government. That's true. And liberal people, they want the government to tell them what to do. That's why the vax is coming down the way it is. Robert uh, Chiuela, Presque Isle, Maine, way up at the top of the state. O'Reilly, thank you for the timeline of events on January 6th, a fact-based, non-emotional, non-political account of events so we can have intelligent conversations. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Randy McCoy, Arlington, Texas. Why should I care if California implodes? It would be a great example of the failure of the far left. True, a lot of good people in California. They're going to get hurt. Brian Mason Brink. Neptune Beach, Florida. If the courts would uphold that Whole Foods cannot prevent employees from wearing Black Lives Matter gear, then that would mean you could also wear Make America Great Again gear. That's what it would mean. But Whole Foods is going to win that. Ildez Sotelo, Tampa, Florida. Bill, your propaganda column is so accurate it makes me nervous. Propaganda column is on BillOReilly.com for all to read. All right, and I hope you do. It's an important column. Stephen Wagner, Manahawkin, New Jersey. Manahawkin. I don't think I've been there. Been almost every other town in Jersey, but I haven't been there. Took your advice, O'Reilly, and read Martin Dugard's book, Taking Paris. Learned a great deal about Vichy France. So Dugard, busy working on the next killing book now, wrote on his own, Taking Paris. And of course, I recommend it. Um, If you give books... To people, you will be blessed in heaven. <laughs> Can I say that? I have to go to confession. Anyway, if you buy a, a concierge or a regular membership on BillOReilly.com, premium membership, you get any book free of charge. Greatest deal. Word of the day, do not be truculent. Truculent in writing to us. 
Bill at BillOReilly.com, name in town if you wish to opine. Back with a final thought on how you deal with lunatic people in a moment. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so here's the final thought of the day, and I want your opinion. We all know loons, and it's getting worse. It's getting crazy. How do you deal with them? Say you like them. I got a friend who I've known since Boston University, but he's a vax loon. He's crazy on the vax. Now, I don't engage on it anymore. And I hope he doesn't get COVID, all right? But we talk sports and other things. So I kind of circumvented it. But then I know other people, look, I'm going to give you four things. And this, five things. And if you know people who believe these things are right, they're lunatics. Okay, the first one is New York City is dispensing COVID medicine based upon skin color. If you support that, you're a loon. Two, that... You can walk into a bodega in New York City with a gun, point it at the clerk, steal his money, and the DA will charge you with a misdemeanor. If you think that's right, you're a loon. Okay? Third, the Democratic Party does not want voter IDs. That's lunacy. They say it's racist. It isn't. Okay? Four, open borders. We just went through it. If you believe that everybody in the world should just be able to pour in here with no accountability, you're a loon. And five, socialism. We in the United States have the most prosperous economy in the history of the world as far as citizens are concerned. Our poor live better than the average people in Europe. And you want to do away with capitalism? You want socialism? You're insane. That's just five. I can give you 10 more. Okay? Not putting on your birth certificate, male or female. That's lunacy. All right? Okay. So you know people, I know you know them, that embrace some of this stuff. I think it's great. How do you deal with them? Okay? I, it depends how much invested I have in them. Okay? I have to say, my family's pretty sane. Yeah, a little on the edge, but not too bad. But some of my friends, they're drifting into the lunacy zone. Do I try to bring them back? Do I engage? Sometimes I got to see how big the neurosis is. I mean, if it's really, really bitter, like the hate Trump stuff, bitter, bitter hatred, I avoid it. I explained why I went on tour to get the record straight, which we did. I explained that I'm not rooting for anybody. I'm reporting honestly. The United States of Trump, the book I wrote on the former president, is the most honest account of that man you will ever find. Okay? But I can't engage in the people like that. Okay. And Obama, too. 
There are those on the right. You mentioned the man's name. They go crazy, hate him, crazy, hate him. I don't really engage in that. Okay, I don't. I don't defend. I don't support. I just kind of say, let's talk about the Mets. <laughs> All right. But I want to know how you deal with the loons. We'll read some of that tomorrow in the mail segment and the final thought of the day. Thank you for watching us. And we'll, it's not tomorrow. It's on Mondays. So we have plenty of time. New column coming Sunday, and we'll see you soon.